Well, welcome everybody to our monthly Executive Challenges Town Hall. I'm Chris Reese, President and Founder of Cirrus Business Group, and I've got with me uh, Coach Judy Harris, who is our VP of uh, Human Capital Optimization with Cirrus Business Group. Welcome, Judy. Hey, Chris. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. And uh, it is a nice, uh, just kind of wintry-looking day out there here in here in Atlanta. Uh, but we're we're hanging in there. At least the roads are clear. We didn't have yeah. snowmageddon this year. Not yet, anyway. That's right. So we are here at the UGA Gwinnett campus for our Executive Challenges Town Hall, where once a month we get together and we talk about topics that come up time and time again in executive surveys on what what keeps you up at night. And this month we're going to be talking about preparing for this emerging workforce. And Judy, I guess my first question that I'd ask you to clarify for our our listeners is, what is defined for me emerging workforce? What in the world do we even mean? That sounds like a consulting term to me. Well, it is really more than a consulting term, and I'm the one to ask because I've been through it. Uh, I started my work career in the early 70s, so everything was different back then. So I've watched this workforce change. And back, uh, you know, the my parents and grandparents and me included at the beginning, uh, the, the company was everything. You got your direction from the co- company and you basically, you had a job description, you did what you were told and you know you got your promotions when they were expected and all that kind of stuff. And then starting with, I think starting with MTV and CNN News and round the clock television, things started to change for these young people. And things were accessible all the time. The television didn't go off at one in the morning. Right. You didn't see that thing anymore. And so as more and more technology became available, these younger people, Gen Y, especially the millennials right now, because I have a millennial in my house, they just don't think the same anymore. And they want things available now. They want things faster than they ever had them before, or we ever had them anyway. And there's a whole different mentality to this workforce, and they don't stop at 5 o'clock. They still got their email. Mm -hmm. They still got things going on. And so it's like they never go into shutdown. And working with them, especially as myself being a boomer, is like you got to have a whole new mindset of what do they want, what do they need, they jump from job to job much more quickly than ever in generations before. So you've really, uh, as a manager, especially if you're before them, you got to start rethinking how these people think. And you're a little closer to that age group. You've got a couple young boys. Chris, tell me what you feel. I do. It's, it's very interesting. And the thing that you mentioned about being always on and always connected is... I think it's right on point. Uh, We're talking about a huge disparity that we see in the workforce with a very, how shall we say, technologically affluent group uh, that that has always grown up in a world with uh, cell phones. So they've always been connected. Uh, They don't know anything other than the world of Facebook and other social media. And even, you know, Facebook is 
<laughs> it's kind of <laughs> trite. I mean, that's that's the stuff that old people like you and me that's right. uh, <laughs> use. But uh, hopefully our listeners will get the point. And, and what's really interesting is with uh, the trends that we're seeing is the retirement age is, is pushing up. And you've got really that... Um, what was it? The uh, the greatest generation has now pretty much retired from the workforce. You have a few situations where we've still got them uh, in play, but you're ending up with this. Uh, a lot of the folks that were uh, the parents of many of the people that they're working with from an age standpoint. So you've got a lot of boomers still out there in the workplace uh, working side by side and in some cases reporting to folks that are their children's age. Yes, and that that does become quite uh, an interesting scenario because the... The boomers, if you will, probably have not kept up with the technology. And the millennials get frustrated because, well, it's like this. Well, it's like what? And that, so you, you've got this gap in uh, speed and how they think and what they desire from their workplace. Uh, you know, it's no longer work 40 years, get your gold watch and retire. It's what can you do for me? What's mm-hmm. in it for me? Mm-hmm. Can I still use my social media when I'm on the job? How do I balance my social life, which is mostly on the internet now, with my work life, or can I? I mean, there are industries where in their computer systems, it's so tight, you couldn't possibly allow that. And I'm thinking of those uh, uh, regulated worlds, the mm-hmm. FDA, the um, the other regulated world, mm-hmm. how are you going to balance that with these new age kids? Yeah. And then who's going to do the grunt work? That's the other question. If everybody wants to have a job that's got uses their technology and their background and all the stuff they know, who's going to scrub the floor? Mm-hmm. And there's a widening here between the number of people available for manufacturing and, uh, and the floor work, if you will, and those sitting behind the desk. Yeah, yeah, and we certainly see that. We see that when it comes to the trades, uh, we're starting to see a fairly sizable gap start to open up, and there's been a big push. I, I think, you know, from, a, from an educational standpoint, we, there needs to be much more balance between the STEM programs and the, and the trades. Um, let's go back to a second between the, the disparity here. And, and so what do you do as an employer? And to me, one of the things that we talk about our organizational health model, we talk about the playbook mm-hmm. quite often. How do you see those two tools, Judy, being able to act as as somewhat of a leveling agent i mean you've got at some at some scale or level there's there are different values because even within the boomers you've got this disparity you've got a lot of times uh, you've got some a lot of veterans right that came out of uh the vietnam era in there and then you know right post vietnam 
So with with that, uh, and they are like structure, the military, uh, but then also this lack of trust of of institutionalized pretty much anything. Right. Uh, but they still had a, a good work ethic. Now, there's some similarities between that generation now and the millennials in that there's flexibility, there's overall distrust for the institutions in general, uh, look out for me, I want to experience life, uh, it's more than just about the job and just about the money and all of that, I want to see a greater good being done by my organization, and I want to be proud of the organization I'm associated with. So how do you see the, one of the tools that we use, this playbook, how do you see that being beneficial in that process? Well, Chris, in some ways, behaviors are behaviors. Uh, whether you've got technology behind you or whatever you're doing, behaviors are behaviors, and you still have to have those expectations of being on time, having a good work, work ethic, respecting your others. Uh, all those things that are timeless still need to be in there. On the other hand, in the current playbook, there has to be some expectation, outline, direction in terms of what is currently acceptable in the terms of when can you do your social media? When can you use your cell phone? Uh, when does it have to be put away? I mean, there are certain behaviors now that if they're not addressed, uh, these young people feel, well, nobody said it couldn't. Mm -hmm. What's in it for me? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, then I'm just going to push the envelope until somebody says no. So we need to make those behaviors quite clear right from the get-go. Uh, when you're in the hiring process, even when they're in the interview process, you need to make it clear to the people you're interviewing, especially those final few, that this is the way we work. These are the behaviors we will expect from you. We will hold you accountable for these. You will have performance evaluation questions and, uh, I, and items on these particular. Are you willing to be a part of that kind of a culture? And then, you know, so the playbook becomes almost like the Bible of the workplace. Uh -huh. This is who we are. This is how we work. If you don't want to play this way, just let us know now. Yeah, this is not the place for you. Right. Um, I, you know, Marissa Mayer, there's been a lot written about her, the CEO of, of Yahoo, and she was brought in to really turned that organization around. And one of the things that she got a tremendous amount of pushback, it goes back to, to me, so much of this goes back to culture, and culture is related directly to organizational health. I think the, the health of the organization is going to have a huge impact on on the culture. And, and right. starting next month, we're going to have a, a series that really dives deep into organizational health and what that means. But I, I remember reading... You know, you think about an organization like Yahoo, and at the time Marissa came in, it was not the cool place to work. In fact, it was kind of a dinosaur, kind of like Earthlink and yeah. uh, some of these others uh, that were out there, it just kind of the image that they had in the marketplace. Google was the hot place to be, and 
So there were there were a lot of the early Silicon Valley folks still there at Yahoo, uh, but then there were also a lot of millennials within their workforce. And one of the first things that she did is she ended the telecommuting practice. Right. Everybody had to be in the office Show up. so many hours per day. And part of that was so that they could develop a culture. It's real hard to develop a culture when you're not with one another. And they had a lot of conversations around those expectations. And I think what you hit on is key is that if you can codify that and the playbook helps you do that and have the conversations around those behaviors, that kind of transcends the generations. Yeah, it, it does. And as you were speaking, uh, what occurred to me is the more you allow the people to spend more and more of their time working from home and telecommuting, the more likely you are to build some silos there where the people are not really generating the ideas that you do in group talk. So, you know, there is a balance, and we're going to have to look at that carefully over the next 15 years. Because uh, the predictions are, and they just because of, you know, the age of people, by 3030, full half of the workforce is going to be the current mo millennials. And who knows what's coming after that? Yeah. yeah. You know, wh who knows what's, what's going to show up when these kids were at least willing to wait for a download to happen. Now it's like, it's too slow. My eight-year-old grandson says, this computer's too slow. I want the other one. Right. And he's eight years old. Right. So that's what's coming. And you've got kids the same age bracket. Right. Um, you know, something else that occurs to me that is going to be very important for employers is to make sure they've got feedback loops in place. This is something that comes back time and time again uh, in the surveys that we see. Um, you know, you had mentioned the baby boomers. And some of the baby boomers that came through that military uh, experience, you know, just like the greatest generation before them, it was shut up, do your job, you know, put in your eight hours, be a good soldier, and go home. And that simply does not fly with uh, the millennials and even a lot of the boomers. They want right. to know that they are being heard and listened to and valued. Is that the same thing you're seeing in, it, in your research? It is. Um, my millennial son recently was looking for a job, which he fortunately found. But he had to feel like he was making a difference somewhere. Mm -hmm. And this is what these pe these kids are looking for right now. There are some statistics uh, I'm, I'm looking for, but what do they really want well, they want to know that they've made a difference in the organization. This is how you get them engaged. And how can I contribute beyond just these work responsibilities? Uh -huh. Is there something else I can do? Uh, some companies even compensate them for doing volunteer work with the homeless or something like that. Um, they do want teamwork. Uh, these newer ones do want teamwork. Uh, there, I think there was a stage maybe 15, 10, 15 years ago, it's like, leave me alone. But these people are coming back to community the way I see it. Uh -huh. And um, they really want to be able to trust their company leadership. And statistics say they really, for the most part, don't. Yeah. They don't yeah. trust them. Uh, the numbers are really quite low in terms of do I trust our senior leadership to do what's best for the organization and its employees. And uh, 
the strongly agree was less than 25% right now. Yeah. So, you know, they're they're looking for mobility. They're looking for upward mobility. They're looking to have a, be able to make a contribution. And they want to be heard. They have ideas. They want to be heard. Even if they can't be used, listen. Right, right. And that's something that we see with our clients in the surveys yep. that that we do for them also. And then what about, talk to me a little bit about the opportunity for advancement. Because that's something else we see quite a bit in our surveys, and it's something that was evident in the Emerging Workforce Study that, that Spherion sponsors every year. Right, and that's where I'm getting some of my information, by the way. It's a great study from Spherion. They want advancement, and they want to be able to see that if I do this, the advancement's going to be there. And if they don't, they're probably going to skip skip to another job that provides it or they think provides it yeah. these kids are not afraid to jump at a moment's notice many of them by the time they've been in the workforce 10 years have had five different jobs yeah they're looking for where can i advance and where can i make a difference right and the and the culture reinforces that mm -hmm. because it's so easy again they've grown up in a culture where you know try an app uh they expect it to be free they expect it to have a bunch of value and if they don't like it they pitch it to the side uh, and they bring this same concept into the workforce I've really got to have fulfillment of this job outside of just the direct work that I'm doing um, and if there's not room for me to advance here there's not a whole lot of loyalty to the organization not and anymore. I think this is something that is uh, is a new trend that we've seen developing over the last several years. And part of that is is the culture of the millennials, the culture in which they've grown up in. Uh, you know, you and I grew up, uh, we remember when there were three channels to choose from, and then when this fourth channel came in, uh, that was just unbelievable. And now they have hundreds of choices. Uh, they have choices on YouTube they have all kinds of, of options there, and so they bring this into the workplace, and then you couple that with uh, some of the very irresponsible layoffs and things that have happened with the economy. So not only do they bring with them this culture of a lack of loyalty, really, to anything other than community. Now, community is a place where you can hook them, so if right. you get that community right. built within your organization— in then you've got a, a foot a foothold there. But outside of that, you couple that culture that they've grown up in with what they look at in the workplace saying, the organization has no loyalty to me. Yeah, what are you doing for me? W-I-I-F-M radio. Yeah. What's in it for me? Uh, and believe me, having watched a 31-year-old go searching for a job, if they're not happy... Their favorite websites are Career Builder and Indeed mm. because that's where the postings are. Yeah. And you can post from your phone. You can apply from your phone. Right. So they could go out on a lunch hour, be angry with a supervisor, and go out and be post, uh, applying for jobs on their lunch hour on their phone. Yeah. So that loyalty really doesn't last very long. It, it, that's, again, where that playbook comes in and the organizational help. The healthier you are as an organization, the clearer things are, 
that's where they're going to stay or even come back. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we've seen in the work that we've done is this sense on all generations of a loyalty to integrity, yes. uh, a loyalty to organizations and things that are as they appear to be. Uh, even as you start peeling back the layers. Now, that doesn't mean they have to be perfect. But what it does mean is that there's an honest effort uh, and there's a sincerity there and there's an openness to move forward. There's a transparency. And so as Judy mentioned, this, this playbook and really aligning the organization around that, where everything is reinforcing that, and where this really... Um, has an impact on your organization, whether you are a, you know, a small corner shop uh, that's trying to attract some some decent talent, or whether you are a large organization that's trying to build your next uh, your next generation of talent. You need to think about these things. You need to be sure that. Not only do you think the organization has integrity behind its values and what it claims to stand for, we talk a lot about brand image. Yes. You know, is it is it true to its brand image? Um, but do your employees think that? Right. And another piece that came to me as you were speaking is, are the supervisors trained and taught to be vulnerable? They're going to make mistakes. The CEO is going to make mistakes. Are you willing to admit it and come down and say, man, I messed this up. What do you guys need me to do? Right, right. That's exactly right. So that integrity within the organization is important. Make sure the technology and the tools that you're using in the organization work. Uh, They are modern uh, they're not no. going to oh, yeah, frustrate. They be <laughs> yes, they're not going to frustrate uh, the very people that you need to help you run the organization. And you know, be upfront. I mean, in every organization, no, there is not opportunity for advancement. So don't don't tell your new hire that there's all kinds of opportunities that you know if they stay, you know, keep their. Uh, keep their, uh, you know, nose dry and all that kind of stuff, that they'll be running the shop someday if that's not going to be the case. Because they'll figure it out sooner or later, and you've undermined trust again at that point. And what you could bring in instead when you know that there's not enough space for everybody to get that promotion, be a good stepping stone. Yes. And help them with their next step. Yes. If, if, if you're not the place, you might know somebody who is and say, Hey, I got somebody that would be great for the position you have open. Absolutely. And that, as as I've run organizations, Judy, as you've been part of organizations and part of the leadership team, when you do that, it does come back full circle because that person has a a circle of friends uh, who have kids, who have other friends that are, are looking for jobs, and they're going to send you good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what you don't want to get into a situation, and that's why this conversation we're having today is so important. You don't want to get into a situation where you're having to beg people to come work for you. Right. Uh, because then you're going to be left with just, you know, with the leftovers, literally, mm-hmm. in the marketplace, and you're going to be frustrated as an employer. 
So to be able to attract that that top talent, you need to just be aware of what's going on. Uh, the things that used to frustrate you and drive you nuts about your children are these are the workers that are coming in. Yep. These are your customers. And so they've got different expectations, and you need to continue, just like you've always got to keep your eye on your marketplace so that you don't become irrelevant as a brand, as an organization, you've got to keep your eye on the marketplace of your workforce so that you don't end up being a dinosaur there also. And I do highly recommend a lot of walkabout management. Yes, Know your right. people, know who they are, know who's just had a baby, know all of it somehow, uh, depending on what level you're on. But walkabout management is magic. Yes, Yes, and, and listen, and listen. Well, thank you so much, Judy, for, for sharing with us this month. And uh, I hope people will really take this um, to heart and do a deep reflection on their organization to make sure that they're ready to, to just not think that they can stay the way they are and continue to be able to attract top talent and, and be attractive to the new incoming workforce. Uh, next month, we are going to begin a five-part series on organizational health, and we are going to be talking next month specifically about what is organizational health and why should it matter to you. Uh, so we thank you for being with us. Uh, be sure and share us on uh, within your social media. Like us on Facebook, and we will be with you next month. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Cirrus Business Group Executive Challenges Town Hall. Cirrus Business Group has been helping organizations do great things on multiple continents for several years. If you'd like to learn more about how they can help your organization, check out our website at www dot cirrusbusinessgroup.com that's c-i-r-r-u-s businessgroup.com dot com